the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. This week, we start off with a special public service announcement on a vital public issue. It happens all around you, and you may not even notice. Thousands of snowflakes have found themselves personally victimized by the recent election of Donald Trump as president of the United States. They continue to be emotionally damaged by the idea that the country may be run by someone that they didn't vote for. Campuses across America are doing everything they can do to help put an end to this devastating human crisis. Cornell recently hosted a cry-in where snowflakes could drink hot chocolate and come to terms with the unspeakable tragedy of not getting their way. The University of Pennsylvania offered puppies and kittens for snowflakes to cuddle. The University of Michigan Law School scheduled a post-election self-care workshop where snowflakes could color and blow bubbles. Other colleges and universities even canceled classes and final exams for snowflakes when the emotional damage was just too crippling. Unfortunately, these efforts are not enough. We need your help to make sure these snowflakes no longer have to live in fear of being offended by facts and logic, opposing points of view, triggering harmful things like proper pronouns or cultural Halloween costumes. Snowflakes should not have to walk around their college campus and risk hearing something they disagree with. Or seeing something that doesn't fit within their personal worldview. I'm sure we are all moved by this ongoing human tragedy, and I just encourage everyone to go to to SaveTheSnowflakes.org and give whatever you can to help save the snowflakes. And if you know a snowflake, if you see someone personally and tragically melting down as a result of, well... The harsh words of the current administration, give them the Snowflake Intervention and Support Hotline number so they can get immediate help and rectify this their, their current depression. Lord knows where that's going to lead. And buy, the, and buy them a hot chocolate. Good night, Greg. What is going on in America at UC Berkeley? What? Milo, in case you don't know and have missed this, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos was was set to who's a a he, he's he's called a provocateur. I love how the mainstream media uses this word. He's a provocateur. No, darn it. He's talking common sense to college students and they just can't handle it. And as a result, you have these people called um, now I want to get this name right. They're called uh, Intifaz. Is that right? Uh or all, I, it's an A-N-T something. Antifaz, yeah. Antifaz, which yeah. is anti-fascists. These people think that they're anti-fascists, not realizing... By beating up people who uh, right. express an opinion contrary to them. That they are anti-fascists themselves. And the irony is totally lost on them. Yeah. They're fascists themselves, 
and they're beating up people. My gosh, they knocked one guy unconscious uh, at UC Berkeley this week. There's videotape. Somebody streaming their cell phones witnessed a beatdown of a Trump supporter. Another Trump supporter or, or attendee of the Milo, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. I guess I have a little hard time with that second name. Um he canceled the event, but people were standing in line thinking that it was going to be and somebody was being interviewed by the media. And one of these anarchists reaches over and sprays her with pepper spray. That's assault. It is. And it was. It was and these are not the snowflakes. No, you're supposed to say, no, that's pepper spray. That's pepper spray. Salt no. and pepper spray. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the, 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 these are not the snowflakes. These these are the leftist brown shirts. Well, yes. To to, imp- to to do the street violence part of the leftist agenda. And the UC Berkeley example was particularly egregious because the university administration grudgingly let the college Republicans have, have Ianopoulos because under the First Amendment, they had to, well, we can't keep him out. But the, at the last minute, they imposed an extra security fee on the UC Berkeley Republicans, which they couldn't amend except a donor stepped up. Right. Paid the security. An anonymous then, donor. An right. anonymous donor because they don't want to they don't want to be targeted. Right. But here's but here's the thing. When it actually came to the event, I watched the video I watched the video Wednesday night. There was no security to be seen. They the administration had the police, you, the campus police and this ex, supposed extra security, they just stood back and let the brown shirts have at it and stop the event. A conscious and deliberate decision by the university of administration, just like what happened in San Jose during the campaign, where there was a Donald Trump rally, and the mayor and the police chief told their police to stand back and let the leftist brown shirts in the street beat up on Donald Trump supporters. And you, and, and you remember that scene where that woman is cornered by the mob against against the glass door. Right. They threw an egg at her, and they were throwing eggs at her and everything. There were two. San Jose plainclothes police standing in that mob who lifted not a finger to help the citizen who was being assaulted by the mob. And now Bloomberg is blaming Milo Yiannopoulos for the UC Berkeley riots on Twitter. This is this is the state of America that it has devolved to. And it is all a a result of the left and the progressives realizing that the agenda that they have been working on for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, has all of a sudden been interrupted. And, and this this goes much bigger than what's happening on college campuses with the progressive Marxist professors. This is about the globalization of the world and the important part that America plays in that. And Donald Trump is interrupting that agenda. And... This is the blowback of it. You know, these are the George Soros funded groups that we saw marching in Washington, D.C. the day after the inauguration. These are the George Soros groups that we saw at airports over the last weekend is the travel, the so-called travel ban or or the uh, hashtag Muslim ban as it was being characterized by the media uh, was taking was implemented. And the immediate it wasn't even, you know, protests. Protests develop organically. They don't start off with groups that have banners saying their names that are directly tied to these George Soros organizations showing up at airports. And you have George Soros funded attorneys and the ACLU. You know, the ACLU raised $10 million off of this. So so this is orchestrated and it's a direct response to the, the interruption in their agenda. Oh, and you see, 
it is total all-out political war from the Democrats not showing up to committee hearings to vote on Donald Trump nominees. So under the rules, which the Republicans, I'm glad to see them step up, they suspended the rules so right. they could still approve the nominees in committee, uh, even though the Democrats didn't show up. It's, it, you see it in the media. You see it in Tim Kaine calling to take the fight to the streets. You see it. You see it. There's a call to the world's billionaires to try to stop Donald Trump. You see it. There's an article on Thursday in Breitbart that a former uh, uh, official in the Obama administration called for a military coup. Right. Sarah Silverman did the same thing. So you're starting to hear these kinds of words. And, you know, the one I love the best. Well, there's so many best. There's so many great hits on the Supreme Court steps. The night of the nomination, you had Nancy Pelosi, a number of elected officials speaking out against this. You had signs that were the name of the nominee was left blank and they wrote it in after Donald Trump made his nomination. Tell me this protest wasn't organized by somebody. This was not spontaneous. But you had you had Nancy Pelosi caught on a hot mic whispering to Andre Carson. Tell them you're a Muslim. Remind them you're a Muslim. I mean, as if that's some kind that that's supposed to establish some kind of street credibility with the crowd and show the diversity of the Democrats. This has just been crazy week. We've got nominations. We've got confirmations happening. We'll get into all of that in the next segment. But we wanted to make sure we paid homage in the opening segment to the delicate snowflakes around the country that are melting again, down. Again, go to savethesnowflakes.org and give what you can to save our precious snowflakes. Save the Snowflakes is a special project at the Media Research Center with the aim of bringing attention and providing support to precious snowflakes all across America, whose feelings continue to be hurt by conservative rhetoric, social triggers, disagreeable opinions, and opposing points of view. Time for a word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with the news of the week after this message. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. The radio program dedicated to the most important political office, and that is private citizen, that is you, the listener, encouraging you at all corners to get involved in the political process. Donald Trump issued an executive order that caused the media to melt down over the last weekend. Protests. Which one was that? They seem to be constantly melting down. I know. I'm talking about the quote-unquote hashtag Muslim ban, unquote. 
the executive order that was banning temporarily banning immigration from five uh, seven countries. Uh, these are the same countries that Barack Obama and the CIA had uh, mentioned in 2015, was it, I think? As hotbeds for right. Islamic terrorism. Well, of and, course, they didn't use the word Islamic terrorism. And and a uh, open-ended ban on immigrant immigration from Syria and uh, a couple of other aspects to this executive order. But we're going to get... A pause in the settlement of all refu- the entire refugee program while they review that. Right. And stipulating that the number of refugees, when it does start up, is going to be targeted at 50,000, which, by the way, is the average number of refugees that have come into this country uh, over the last, what, 10, 15 years. It only spiked in the last two or three years as a result of Barack Obama uh, doing it. But... And I must remember, Hillary Clinton wanted a five-fold increase. That's right. Under her presidency, uh, we have lots of reasons this week to be thankful that Hillary Clinton did not win the presidency of these United States. But we're going to talk about the whole immigration issue in the next half hour with Michael Cutler. He's a retired special agent with the Immigration and Naturalization Service, spent 30 years there, knows the immigration issue backwards and forwards. Very uh, privileged and, and, and glad to have him as a guest. So we're going to talk and cover the immigration issue, but we're going to get into the legal issue right now. Donald Trump has made his nomination for the Supreme Court known, Neil Gorsuch. And I'm so happy that, Greg, being an attorney, you've got some insight in this area. What do you think about uh, Donald Trump's choice? It's a very good choice, and it shows just another example of Donald Trump promises made, promises kept. And to a a remarkable degree, I I recall ever seeing a politician to this degree, this quickly, set about doing exactly what he promised to do in the campaign. Even never Trumpers are having to sort of step back away from the playing field here. Ben Shapiro even took back what he was saying about during the campaign. It literally walked it back and apologized for, you know, this particular aspect, condemning Donald Trump, saying he was never going to keep a campaign promise regarding SCOTUS. And Ben Shapiro wrote an article on his website, dailywire.com, uh, completely recanting everything that he said about Donald Trump concerning uh, his forecast that Donald Trump was not going to nominate a conservative Supreme Court nominee. Yeah, and uh, Gorsuch is exactly what exactly what we need. Someone, and he was giving a, an address at a law school, and he's explaining how that the judge needs to not like the, if, if a judge likes all of his opinions, his decisions, he's not a good judge, right? is the judge should be following the law even when he or she does not like the outcome of the decision. That's that's the job of the judge, is to implement the law, to follow the law. That's the judiciary. Making the law, making public policy, that belongs to the two branches that have to answer to the public at the ballot box. And there's a the difference is really illustrated and how, and again, how we dodged a bullet with this last election. Judge Posner, who is a well-respected, not by me anymore, uh, on the the federal appellate court, he says, I see absolutely no value of a judge spending decades, years, months, weeks, day, hours, minutes, or seconds studying the Constitution, the history of its enactment, its amendments, and its implementation across the centuries. These 18th century guys, however smart, could not see the culture technology of the 21st century. And he goes on to say that what we really have is just a uh, common law, that the judges get to make this up as they go along. 
my characterization fairly of what he said. And Gorsuch is exactly the opposite approach. Is and this is clearly the same way. Is you have to go back and look at what they wrote. What do the words say? There are, the Constitution says certain things and doesn't say other things. And when a judge departs, this is Scalia has talked about this, when a judge departs from what the words say as they were understood by the people who wrote them, the only thing to go on at that point, the only guidepost is the judge's own personal political opinions. And they have nothing really regarding the background of this guy in order to attack. So they're making stuff up. They're the, the whole nah. objection. The whole objection to you know Trump having this first of all is this. It's a stolen seat. So that's their first objection that the Republicans basically denied Barack Obama at the rim. That's using a. Ba- I'm trying to use a basketball analogy. I'm not sure if it's coming up across, but they blocked him at the rim. He's getting ready to try and slam dunk a third Supreme Court nominee, and the Republicans invoked what they called the Biden rule, because back in what was it, 1992 or 93? I think it was 92. It was in the last year of George Bush's uh, presidency, and, and and Biden said that because is this is the last year and an election's coming up. We should not be nominating. We should let the people choose, basically, right? Yep. As there was a liberal journalist, I forget her name. She says that Washington is the capital of situational ethics. Yeah, and 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 so that they're invoking that. The second thing that they're doing is they're trying to cast aspersions on this guy based on the fact that his mother was the first female uh, head of the EPA, had some ideas that drew a lot of criticism at the time. I, I honestly haven't had a chance to research whether or not the criticism was justified or not. But now they're now he's guilty by relationship, right? Right. I heard some guy on the on the TV this past week was saying, yes, his mother was accused of certain offenses. Yes. Not, not indicted, not tried, not convicted. Right. She was accused, and based on that, that's a, that's something that we should hold against her son thirty or forty years later. And, and and on top of this, we've got a guy that 12 sitting uh, senators voted for back in 2006. They actually voted him for his current role in the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. And yet... Unanimous. His, 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 his confirmation back in 2006 passed unanimously by voice vote. And nothing that's happened in 10 years that they can point to that would cause them any real kind of objection to this guy sitting on the Supreme Court, except they set it up this way, which is kind of interesting. They set it up this way saying, we're not going to object to somebody who is inside the mainstream. Their mainstream. Well, that's exactly it. What mainstream? So so now they've, they've moved the goalposts on what's considered to be a mainstream jurist. Back in 2013, I think Harry Reid twisted the... Uh, changed the Senate rules so that it only required a vote of 50 in order to, uh, what, uh, approve of a judge. Well, of district court, which is the trial court level, and the appellate court judges, but under the r- rule as modified by the Democrats in thir- 2013, you still needed a 60 votes right. to do Supreme Court justices. But if the Democrats can change the filibuster rule during the term, and by the way, they violated the Senate rules to change the Senate rules— 
then, well, you know, they've, they've established that precedent. Yep. And the Republicans can change the rules as need to be, and they may have to because the Democrats may filibuster this nomination or any conservative judge that Donald Trump appoints. Right. So you've got a couple of dynamics that are playing out right now. We have senators that are in predominantly red states that voted uh, that, that voted for Donald Trump, that all the electoral votes went to them. And, and I some think of it's about state, 10. Right. There's, there's 10, and five of them are in states where Donald Trump won by double digits. Exactly. So now you've got that dynamic playing out. You have the dynamic. You've got 12 senators that previously voted for this guy. Nothing in his 10 years as a, as a appellate judge that or, or a uh, court of appeals judge that suggests that he's not qualified. So no argument there. So theoretically, there should be at least eight senators that can cross over and vote for him. So we'll see whether or not they invoke what they call the nuclear option, but really I think we need to relabel it the Harry, Harry Reid option. option. I think so. Because it's his fault. I mean, you know, they, they, they named it this elusive name. Nobody understands it in the American public. It took me a while to kind of grasp what's going on here. But the nuclear option is essentially a rule change based on the precedent of Harry Reid changing the rules in the Senate to enable an approval of a Supreme Court justice to go from 60 senators to 50. Well, I understand what's going on. Is the Democrats have relied on the judiciary to impose liberal policies that they couldn't get enacted through the political branches because none of because none of voters supported their policies. They thought they had the fifth vote. If, if Hillary Clinton had gotten in or Barack Obama had gotten been able to approve his nominee, they would have had a five justice majority that would have done other things, among other things, would have effectively repealed the Second Amendment and the individual right to keep and bear arms and many, many other things as well. So now they understand how important this Supreme Court is that basically makes up the Constitution as it goes along. So they're going to fight tooth and nail to keep any conservative like Justice Scalia that will interpret the Constitution based on how it was written off the court. We have exciting news about an annual event that happens that KTIE AM 590 The Answer and the Unite IE Coalition sponsor. We'll be back with details about that and some other events coming up in the Inland Empire. After this message from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, it is a great patriot and the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Reno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE, broker license number 01147747. And California Financers Lenders License number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610, NMLS 9873. AM 590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. Uh, we, had, we had some great activists in our Unite IE coalition. They went out there this past Saturday, and the, the videos on the internet, on Facebook, is they had 10 of them at LAX, and they were surrounded by 20,000 
angry. Was it twenty thousand? I was going to say two or three thousand, but well, uh, the reports are twenty thousand. Maybe it was no one actually counted them, but there were. It sure felt like could have. It felt like twenty. And I, you know, I, who knows what these numbers are? But they were on the bridges and the stairwells on on the street across. They had to have pull up a, a, a police protection. The by the by the time that they had. Uh, sort of attracted the attention of these anti-executive order protesters, they had to have police standing around them. Right. And fortunately there, the police stepped in and protected the citizens in the exercising their First Amendment rights. That does not always happen. Absolutely. Now, we teased about a very big event coming up in the Inland Empire. Uh, This is the fourth annual Unite IE Conservative Conference done in in cooperation with AM590, The Answer. And we got some big news. We've got another speaker confirmed this week. So right now we have the following speakers that are going to be a part. This is going to be a great event for networking, for celebrating. The theme of the event is the first 100 days. So it happens on April 30th. Which is exactly the 100th day of the Donald Trump administration. That's right. So we're going to have speakers Larry Elder, Dennis Prager, and just announced this week, Hugh Hewitt. And more. So there's going to be more speakers. We're reaching out to other people. We're reaching out to the Trump administration. Speaking of the Trump administration, you know, Sebastian Gorka, somebody that we that we've had out here that has spoken here in our community, has been brought on board. He had he escaped radio silence this week, came out. He is now on board with the Trump administration. Another great addition. And besides April 30th, coming up on Tuesday, very important event unfolding in the city of Riverside. Apparently, city of Riverside has activists descending on it that are promoting the idea of turning Riverside into a sanctuary city. And uh, our United IE activists who want to enforce immigration laws will be there at 630 City Hall in Riverside. Hopefully you can attend. Coming up, Michael Cutler, immigration and Donald Trump's immigration executive order. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. The United Arab Emirates, in the middle of this week, declared that President Donald Trump's executive order, or travel ban as it's come to be known, uh, is an internal affair not directly not directed at any religion, and went on to say that the United States has every right to protect its sovereignty and that the United States can do what it needs to do to protect itself. So here you have a majority Muslim nation, the United Arab Emirates, actually tacitly backing the executive order that Donald Trump came out that spawned protests at airports around the country that caused riots in some place and that the mainstream media for the first three days of this week went apoplectic over how could Donald Trump institute a Muslim ban and the hashtag Muslim ban went viral on uh, the internet on Twitter and here to help us as we say unpack what's really going on inside this immigration issue Donald Trump's executive order uh, we have someone who spent 30 years inside the immigration and naturalization service and different and, and served in nearly every position of that service from customs and border patrol to the serving the FBI the DEA the ATF as a part of this his name is Michael Cutler and we also need to, Greg, add to his 
resume that he doesn't hail from the same side of the political spectrum as us. He's actually a Democrat and he's Jewish. Well, I think he does because our side of the political spectrum is American. Well, there you go. Michael Cutler, welcome to the Unite IE Radio program, and thanks for being here to help us unpack this. Well, thank you for having me. You know, the First Amendment isn't only about freedom of press, speech, and religion, but the right for peaceable assemblage. And boy, isn't that becoming difficult to engage in these days. So we can do it very easily on your radio program, and I greatly appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you very much for being with us. And you can learn more about Michael Cutler at his <laughs> website, michaelcutler.net. Uh, and there's an opportunity. You can sign up for his weekly, roughly weekly. It comes out about weekly, doesn't it, Michael? It does, and I, I, it's kind of sporadic, too. I, I write for CapsWeb.org, Californians for Population Stabilization. I write for Front Page Magazine, which is where most of my articles appear of late. And I write for the social contract. So if you uh, go to my website, michaelcutler.net, connect with me through there, provide me with an email address, I will add you to my list of commentaries. Ever since 9-11, I've been a man on a mission, and I've been trying to create what I call my bucket brigade of truth uh, by providing the perspectives I've acquired in my 30-year career. I was an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport. I spent a year doing the marriage interviews. I was an adjudications officer. And then I was in every squad within the investigations branch of the old INS, including the anti-smuggling unit. I was the Marine Intelligence Officer, so I was going out on the water with the Coast Guard doing ship interdictions at sea. Um, I was the first agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of DEA, and then I was a member of the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. And as you pointed out, I worked with just about every federal, state, city law enforcement. I worked with uh, foreign governments, including Israel, Canada, Great Britain, and Japan. So I've really developed a global understanding, and I've been before a whole bunch of congressional hearings in the House and Senate. I gave testimony to the 9-11 Commission, and I've arrested illegal aliens who may have simply been working illegally, and I've been involved with the arrest and investigation of international terrorists and major narcotics trafficking organizations. So from that perspective, I think I see immigration a little bit differently than the average bear. Well, you see it. You see it. For- in its in its fullness and its reality, yeah. not from the perch of a commentator on an alphabet uh, news network that was gonna, is going to criticize the president for everything he he's does. The president's executive order was it good? Does it was it well executed? Was it much ado about nothing? Is it time for this kind of thing? Give us your take. Well, it absolutely is vital. He was spot on. I think part of the problem in getting it implemented is you lack personnel that have institutional knowledge about how to enforce the immigration laws. You know, when George W. Bush created the DHS in the wake of 9-11, the attacks of 9-11, I came to call the agency the Department of Homeland Surrender. It was a disaster. Mm. I've testified before numerous committees. John Hostetler, who at the time of one of those hearings, about three years after 9-11, looking at the creation of DHS and what it meant for immigration law enforcement, was really worked up as the position of chairman of that subcommittee on immigration, now held by Trey Gowdy, and I've had conversations with with Trey as well. But John Hostetler really went off about it at a hearing, and I've written about it, because he said, you know, we found out that basically 9-11 was the total result of failures of immigration to keep the terrorists out of the country, failures that enabled them to embed themselves in communities around the United States. They were able to hide in plain sight. They didn't violate customs laws. They violated immigration laws. Yet when they created DHS, they broke immigration into three or four component agencies, blended in with them the responsibility to enforce customs laws, agricultural laws, 
all kinds of laws that had nothing to do with immigration, and he was very frustrated by the situation, and I couldn't have agreed with him more. I came to call it the customization, as in U.S. Customs, of immigration law enforcement, and it hobbled us and continues to hobble us. And then, of course, Barack Obama came along and made me nostalgic for George W. Bush, and I didn't think it was possible. Well, that's actually a good subject for our second segment to talk about who, how, your feelings about the uh, secretary of DHS that Donald Trump has appointed. But let's get back to last sure. weekend and the, 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 the meltdown of the mainstream media over 109 people who well, why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you briefly tell us what, what does the order provide? Well, the idea is that we will not admit refugees who cannot be vetted. Now, think about it. Donald Trump made that a campaign promise, and everyone's apoplectic because they've never before seen a candidate follow through on campaign promises. What a unique, unique idea. But he's right, because if you look at what the 9-11 Commission had to say, and I'm just going to read two sentences. This is the preface of the 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorists' travel. And remember, I provided testimony to the commission, and here it is. It is perhaps obvious to state that terrorists cannot plan and carry out attacks in the United States if they were unable to enter the country. Yet prior to September 11, while there were efforts to enhance border security, no agency of the U.S. government thought of border security as a tool of the counterterrorism arsenal. Indeed, even after 19 hijackers demonstrated the relative ease of obtaining a U.S. visa and gaining admission into the United States, border security still is not considered a cornerstone of national security policy. We believe, for reasons we discussed in the following pages, that it must be made one. What's remarkable, the executive order that Trump issued started out referencing 9-11, the 19 hijackers, and how those individuals who had visas came to America and killed 3,000 people. Mm. And the countries that are are involved in the immigration, uh, temporary hold on immigration, were countries identified by the Obama administration as being of high risk for terrorism. Yes, and yet when you listen to the alphabet networks, they keep saying the same thing. In fact, all networks with the exception of Newsmax and One American News Network. All the other networks, frankly, including Fox, Muslim-majority nations. That's all we keep hearing, Muslim-majority nations. There's other issues here, too. These are failed states. Mm. And these were countries identified by the Obama administration, by John Brennan, the Obama head of the Central Intelligence Agency, of contributing to the ability of terrorists to train and operate as a, in a staging area and so we have a problem, and we can't vet them because we're getting no cooperation from those governments, and many parts of those countries are lawless and dysfunctional. And by the way, if this was about banning Muslims, why would he not say we're not going to allow aliens from Indonesia? <clears throat> the population of Indonesia, another Muslim-majority nation, the population of that one country is roughly the same as the population of those seven countries combined. Right. The, uh, Donald Trump's, quote, Muslim ban, unquote, failed to right. ban 87% of the world's Muslims. So, so why in the world did they do that? Why did we hear reports on ABC News and elsewhere, these 109 people had been granted visas and they were en route, they were already in the air, and Trump comes along and pulls the rug out from under them. So I did a little bit, bit of digging. Remember, I was an inspector for four years. I'm very familiar with the process of what the American people need to know. State Department issues the visas. That's their authority. State Department has zero authority to admit anybody into the United States. That is the responsibility of the inspector at the port of entry, and as a backup, immigration judges can order an alien admitted also. That's it. 
State Department can't. They issue the visa. So the visa basically is a ticket that gets the alien into that booth with that immigration inspector who then makes the decision. In 2013, according to the Congressional Research Service, this is the official arm of the United States Congress, they questioned CBP and got the statistics. Guess how many aliens who had valid visas in 2013 when Obama sat in the White House Guess how many aliens with visas were told you cannot come in? Now, these were visas, as you're just to kind of reiterate the importance of this point. These were visas that were issued by the State Department, correct? Correct. That's the only people that can do that. Okay. So I get a visa. I hop on a plane. I'm thinking that means I can come into the United States. But what you're saying is that simply gets me on the plane now that I'm in the international airport and i'm facing a customs and border protection officer it's his responsibility or hers to make the final determination based on what so in 2013 how many were turned around of the of the of of all of the visas that were issued how many people were were told you got a visa but you ain't coming in i i I don't know the number okay a couple of hundred riots riots were over 109 that 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 were not allowed within the last week all right how many in 2013 were told you can't come in because we do not believe you meet the requirements of, of a valid uh, person under the terms of the particular visa that you have? I'm guessing a couple hundred. Okay. How about 205,000? Wow. 205,000. So where were the headlines from the mainstream media beating up on Barack Obama for not allowing... 209,000 people that got visas from... people, because they had visas, they got to the inspector, and the inspector said, where's your return ticket? I don't have one. How much money do you have? I got $500. And how long do you plan to stay? Six months. I don't think so, because how are you going to support yourself for six months? You have a choice. You go see a judge tomorrow, we're going to put you in a detention center, or sign this form and get your butt back on the airplane and go home. Wow. Well, because, because immigration law, as you know, uh, but our, our viewers may not know, is that if you're likely to become a public charge, that is grounds for that you cannot be admitted. Now, also, if you're going to take a job, let's remember something. The immigration laws were initially enacted because of concerns about workers in America facing foreign competition. And so the Labor Department used to administer and enforce the immigration laws right up until the Second World War when we had those Nazi saboteurs showing up on our shores of Long Island and Florida on U-boats. And then they said, wait a minute, this is national security. So they put it under the Justice Department. And by the way, didn't they put DHS together, the Department of Homeland Security, to protect America because of the 9-11 attacks? So how do you take an agency that's part of this new organization created to prevent terrorism and then say we're going to ignore the laws all right we got to take a break real quick here mr cutler thank you so much for being here we're talking about among other things donald trump's immigration executive order and we'll get into some other aspects of this developing administration with uh, michael cutler of michaelcutler.net former ins agent when we return after a break from our sponsor all-star collision the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll more with mike cutler and immigration after this message 
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Well, welcome back to Unite IE Radio. We're pleased to have Mike Cutler, a 30-year veteran of immigration enforcement on the line, a, a, actually a Democrat, but more importantly, an American. You see all these things happening with immigration, the apoplectic effect of the Democrats and the media and some Republicans over uh, Donald Trump's limited executive order to try to protect Americans from terrorism. And it's really quite, I think, easy to understand what's happening with immigration. That goes back to what Ann Coulter said in her book, Adios America. Immigration is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. The Democrat Party is using illegal immigration and the more than one million legal immigrants per year to stack the voting deck in its favor with people who will support its policies when ordinary Americans that have grown up here will not do so in sufficient numbers. And that if some Americans die because of terrorism or die because of heroin overdoses or are killed by illegal immigrant criminals, that is a price that the, that the Democrat Party is perfectly willing to pay, and they are aided and abetted by business interests who want cheap labor and to undercut the American standard and the American standard of living. And when you understand that, then what's happening with immigration and why it's such an important issue to, the, to Donald Trump's opposition makes perfect sense. What is the nexus of immigration, the war on drugs? Uh, Guzman has just been, uh, this El Chapo character has just been extradited to the United States. Give us your take on that nexus, Michael. Sure. Now, here's something that's very interesting. You know, we hear about the four border states. We really have 50 border states. Any state with an international airport lies along the northern or southern borders or has access to our 95,000 miles of coastline. And a point of fact, the same day that uh, Donald Trump was being inaugurated as president, the same day the protesters out there with their signs uh, stealing the Hillary line, build bridges, not walls, the Justice Department issued a press release that uh, uh, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman had been extradited to the United States to stand trial. He had moved nearly 200,000 kilos of cocaine across that border into the United States, killed thousands of people in Mexico, mostly law enforcement, military, uh, staged beheadings. They also moved tons and tons of heroin, methamphetamine into the United States, corrupted officials on both sides of the border. And they're out there, build bridges, not walls. Maybe they should be saying build bridges and tunnels, because that's how he tended to move his stuff. But guess where he's being arraigned? He's been arraigned in New York City. Queens, New York, is drug headquarters for much of the drug trade. And his activities span the country. Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, New York all those cities heavily impacted. And yet, what we're hearing is anyone that wants to build a wall is against America, free trade, it's unconstitutional. The next time someone says it's unconstitutional, ask them to cite the section of the Constitution. Right. Because there ain't none. This is a lie. And people aren't paying attention. 
they're willing to take at face value. When we talk about Latino voters, do you really think an American whose last name is Rodriguez wants something different from an American whose last name is Jackson or Smith or Goldstein? As Americans, we all want the military to keep America secure, the cops to keep our streets safe, the schools to educate our kids, and we want to know that any American, irrespective of race, religion, ethnicity, or gender, can write the next success story. But yet they profile. It's an act of bigotry and racism to tell people that Latinos are somehow different from other Americans. By definition, that's racism, and it's disgusting. We hear it all the time. And so if you take all the nonsense out of this, and you look at the campaign contributions that are nothing more than legalized bribes, we now have the best government money can buy. And along comes Donald Trump, who says, I don't want or need your money. And that's a game changer. We've heard people talk about, oh, my God, Trump is a populist. Did they ever read the Declaration of Independence that starts out saying, we the people? Is that not the ultimate expression of populism? It's a pejorative. It's a pejorative now. It's being bandied around. If you're yes. a populist, you're almost the, the equivalent of a communist. That's right. How dare you want what's best for the average American? And then we get to Alan Greenspan, who testifies for Chuck Schumer about why we need more H-1B visas, another thing that Trump wants to go after, which is why Microsoft is having a meltdown. And here's what Greenspan said, and nobody reports on this. Greatly expanding our quotas for the highly skilled with lower wage premiums of the skilled over the lesser skilled. Skill shortages in America exist because we are shielding our skilled labor force from world competition. Quotas have been substituted for the wage pricing mechanism, and in the process, we have created a privileged elite. When have you ever heard the middle class called the privileged elite, whose incomes are being supported at non-competitively high levels by immigration quotas on skilled professionals? Eliminating such restrictions would reduce, would reduce at least some of our income inequality. So Hillary and the Democrats are running around saying 10, 10 an hour is about income to stop income inequality. What in the world does 21000 a year make you equal to? Because that's what 10, 10 an hour is. This is about the creation of a standard wage. The immigration laws are supposed to shield American workers from world competition. It's, that's how we built the middle class. This is an attack on the middle class. It is an attack on democracy. It is an attack on national security because the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the American Immigration Lawyers Association, Greg, I know you're a lawyer, forgive me, and all sorts of industries want an unlimited supply of labor, foreign tourists, and foreign students. We now have 514,000 foreign students in the United States studying the STEM curriculum, science, technology, engineering, math, India and China sending us the greatest number. And meanwhile, the Chinese engineers are going home and building their military that is confronting our military in the South China Sea. Back with more, Michael Cutler, former retired now, INS special agent of 30 years, with some final thoughts after a message. From All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer.
Michael Cutler in our prior segment said Donald Trump is a game changer. What else is being changed right now by this new president and this new administration? Well, I think that he's the first guy to say to people, I'm here to offer you an alternative that you're not getting from either party. Look, the Democrats and Republicans have essentially become alternative sides of the same coin. They are both beholden to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. How many times do you see the politically uh, involved, you know, the, the wealthy contributors giving money to two candidates running for the same office? They're not giving money because they want to see one candidate win over the other. They want to make sure they win no matter who wins the, the political race. And, and therein lies the real problem. And we're, we're being bombarded by lies. You look at the college campuses that used to be the bastions of debate. You know, my degree was communications, arts, and sciences, or as I prefer to say, I have a BA in BS. But the point of the matter is that I don't think anybody should get a degree or a diploma without a full year on the debating team to learn how to ask the critical questions. And I always joke that Jews come predisposed because we answer a question with another question. But nobody questions anything anymore. Well, and also, they ought to have six months because they don't understand the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. We've got to reteach proper civic engagement in this country as well. And how to reach out to politicians. See, people don't get it. When you say nothing to an elected representative, they think everything is okay. When you go to a restaurant, you place your order. You tell them not only what food you want to eat, but the way you want it prepared. And if it's not prepared properly, you send it back. But no one seems to think about calling up that politician and saying, hey, Charlie, you are not representing me. And if you continue down this path, not only won't I vote for you, but I will support the guy or the gal that runs against you because you are being insubordinate. You're acting against America's best interests. You're acting against my best interest and my children's best interest. I really believe that you cannot be a good American and you cannot be a good parent if you're not involved in politics. The most important political office in the country is that of private citizen, and people have forgotten that. Great Absolutely. advice. And, and so please get involved. I always like to end my appearances by saying democracy is not a spectator sport. This notion of being bullied, we just saw it at Berkeley. This is nonsense. We are Americans. I'm not advocating any kind of violence whatsoever, but please engage in discussion and discourse. The first of Thank you so thank you so amendment. much and to see more from Michael Cutler, go to michaelcutler.net. Thank you for being on our show and we will see you on the radio next week. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.